Thank you for joining us. Remember, you can watch our services live and view our archive at StevensCreekChurch.com, the Stevens Creek app, or on our Roku channel. And if our ministries have touched your life, we'd love to hear about it. Send us an email to mystory@stevenscreekchurch.com. We hope today's message encourages and inspires you. Enjoy the message. Good morning, Stevens Creek. How you feeling? Man, it's so good to see all your faces here at church this morning. And whether you're here in person or whether you're watching online, uh, we are just so glad you're here. But can I give a special shout out to our South Augusta campus that is joining us live right now? Can we celebrate how God has expanded us? We are one church in two locations here on Stevens Creek Road and uh, there on Peach Orchard Road. We welcome you. We're so grateful that you are joining us this morning. And Pastor Marty, who's probably watching because he just loves church so much, we love you. Get back here soon. We miss you. Um, if you have your Bibles, let's jump right into the Word. We're going to Exodus chapter 2, starting at the 11th verse, and we're going to be reading a bit of Scripture today. Um, Exodus chapter 2, starting at the 11th verse, going down to verse 17, and then we're going to click or turn over to Exodus chapter 3, verses 10 through 12. And it reads, many years later, when Moses had grown up, he went out to visit his own people, the Hebrews, and he saw how hard they were forced to work. During his visit, he saw an Egyptian beating one of his fellow Hebrews. After looking in all directions to make sure no one was watching, Moses killed the Egyptian and hid the body in the sand. The next day, when Moses went out to visit his people again, <clears throat> he saw two Hebrew men fighting. Why are you beating up your friend, Moses said to the one who had started the fight. The man replied, who appointed you to be our prince and judge? Are you going to kill me as you killed the Egyptian yesterday? Then Moses was afraid, thinking, everyone knows what I did. And sure enough, Pharaoh heard what had happened, and he tried to kill Moses. But Moses fled from Pharaoh and went to, the, to live in the land of Midian. When Moses arrived in Midian, he sat down beside a well. Now the priests of Midian had seven daughters who came as usual to draw water and fill the water trouts for their father's flock. But some other shepherds came and chased them away. So Moses jumped up and rescued the girls from the shepherds. Then he drew water for their flock. If you go with me over to chapter 3 and verse 10, it reads, Now go, this is the Lord speaking to Moses, Now go, for I'm sending you to Pharaoh. You must lead my people Israel out of Egypt. But Moses protested to God, Who am I to appear before Pharaoh? Who am I to lead the people of Israel out of Egypt? God answered, I will be with you. And this is your sign that I am the one who sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God at this very mountain. I want to talk to you for a few moments on this idea or subject, fighting failure, fighting failure. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for this day. I pray that you will give us ears to hear and hearts to receive what you would say in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So uh, on March 4th, 1861, a man named Abraham Lincoln stood to assume the office of the President of the United States. Uh, this man, described by his friends as tall, lean, lank, and ugly, had uh, achieved the pinnacle of success. I know that's bad. If your friends call you ugly, it got to be rough. 
but he had achieved the pinnacle of success. He had reached the highest office in the land. Only 15 people before him had ever stood and sat in that office. He had done something remarkable. But if we take a closer look at his life, Abraham Lincoln's story wasn't as nice as it looked. In fact, he faced some difficult days, some difficult trials. In his own words, he said, I am the most miserable man living. He faced some dark days. And if I had to sum up his life before that day in 1861, I would say his life was a failure. He failed at everything that came to him in life. He failed when uh, he tried to apply to law school. He failed uh, even finishing one year of school period. He failed to keep a job when he was in his early 20s. He failed when he started a business and he couldn't keep it running. He failed when he ran for public office. And even when the one time he did win public office, he failed the next time it was a vote and he was kicked out of office. He failed at every opportunity until this time in 1861. And uh, there was something about Abraham Lincoln that caused him to go forward. There was something about Abraham Lincoln that caused him not to be uh, deflated by the defeat that he faced, to not be overtaken by the discouragement that he experienced. Yes, he was resilient. Yes, he had fortitude. But ultimately, Abraham Lincoln was willing to fight failure. He was willing to see failure and say, I'm not going to let failure dominate my life. I'm not going to let something that goes wrong cause me to back up and cower and be scared. I'm going to meet failure in the face and fight against failure in order to see the success that I was always designed and purpose for. Abraham Lincoln was someone who fought failure. Our scripture text this morning invites us to meet this man named Moses who knew all too well or could identify with Abraham Lincoln's life. Both of them were called to be liberators. They were sent by God, purposed by God to set captives free, to liberate chains of slavery. And they were also individuals who experienced deep levels of failure deep levels of failure. And, and many of you, I need you to understand what failure comes to do many times in our lives. It comes to derail our potential. It comes to stunt our progress. And ultimately, it comes to cause us to give up and quit on our purpose. And I know there are some of you in here today behind the plastic smile and even the mask on top of the mask some of you are wearing, you are facing some difficulties. You are facing some battles. You thought this year was going to be your year, but the, the prognosis you got back was a difficult one. You thought this year was the year you were going to beat this addiction, but here you go again in the same cycle. You thought this year your marriage was going to be restored, but it seems like it's on the brink of breaking. This year, that child was going to come home, and it seems like they're further away than they've ever been before, and you're on the brink of throwing in the towel. But before you throw in the towel, before you walk away, I've got some good news that God has placed in his scripture, tools for us to fight against the darkness of the enemy. God has placed in his words the ability for us to stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. God has placed in his word tools for us to fight failure. That's good news. Y'all, I feel good today. I might preach. So here it is. 
we are introduced to Moses in Exodus chapter 1 and 2, and we are told of his birth, and we are introduced to the tools in Moses' life that he uses to fight failure. He uses a few tools that helps him overcome failure. And if I'm going to be honest, I'll talk about it in a few moments. There are some remnants of failure that never left Moses' life. There are some things that he never got over. But here's the first thing. If we're going to fight failure, if we're going to push back darkness and be what God has called us to be, accomplish what God has really designed us to accomplish, we've got to understand what failure doesn't mean. You see, one of the, the tools of the enemy is to cause us to believe the wrong things. And when we believe the wrong things, we will act in the wrong ways. We talked a little bit about it last week, the difference between orthodoxy and orthopraxy. Orthodoxy meaning what you, uh, what you believe and orthopraxy being what you do. But can I tell you, if you believe the wrong things, you'll end up doing the wrong things. And one of the things about failure is it warps your mind to think the wrong way about situations in your life. And this is what Moses ends up facing. And here, here's the first thing, the misconception about failure. What failure doesn't mean is that God is not with you. It's the first lie. Sometimes when things go wrong in our life, we think God is not with us. When things seem to go bad or it doesn't work out the way we planned, we think God is not with you. And that is furthest from the truth. In fact, in Psalm 23, he says, when we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, he is there. It's in our most difficult moments that God sticks to us the closest. It's in our most darkest nights that God is there. It's when your tears begin to fall that God is there to comfort and catch those tears. God is not far from you if things go wrong in your life. It doesn't mean that God is not with you if things went bad or things broke up or things failed in your life. Failure doesn't mean that God is not with you. In Acts chapter 7 and 20, we get a, a rebuke of this lie where uh, Moses might have felt that God wasn't with him, but in Acts chapter 7 verse 20, it tells us that Moses was beautiful in God's sight, that God saw Moses and saw he was beautiful and he was with Moses through his life. And I need you to understand wherever you find yourself, wherever you may be in your own life, that God is with you. The promise of his scripture is that he will never leave you or forsake you. Your circumstances do not dictate God's presence in your life. It isn't about how you feel. It's about the truth of his word. Here's a second lie that we believe sometimes is that Failure doesn't mean that you are not qualified. Just because it didn't work in one season doesn't mean you're not qualified. Now, let me put an asterisk here because I don't want you to go home and say, Pastor Mo said I'm qualified to do all of that. That's, that's not what I said. In fact, my own personal journey tells me this. I tried out for the worship team, and, you know, I got through half a verse, and Todd said, thank, thank you for coming. We'll get back to you if you need me. Uh, you know, I haven't heard from him yet, but I'm still waiting on that call. But the reality is, it's just because you have failed doesn't mean you're not qualified. What God has designed you to do before the foundation of the world, you are more than qualified to do. And this is a lie that frustrates Moses. Acts 7 and 25 tells us that he believed he was called to be the deliverer. He was called to set the captives free. He, he knew that this was his assignment, but other people didn't recognize it in the moment. And so when he attempted to do this, he failed. 
He failed, and he thought that he was not qualified. This is something he never gets over in his life. He always struggles with the fact that he feels he's unqualified to lead and unqualified to speak. But the truth of the matter is Moses was more than qualified. Acts 7 and 22 tells us that he was raised with all the wisdom or he was taught all the wisdom of Egypt and he was powerful in both deed and actions or rather both speech and deed. Moses was a powerful individual, but because failure entered into his life, he began to believe the lies of the enemy about who he was as an individual. And my brothers and sisters, you cannot put your identity in a person, place, or thing outside of Jesus. You can't put your identity in whether you succeed or whether you fail. Your identity is wrapped up in who Jesus Christ says you are. I know it doesn't look good, but Christ says you're more than a conqueror. I know it doesn't feel like it, but God says you you will succeed. You do win. That you are loved. That you are important. You've got to find your identity in what Christ says about you and not what the lies of failure tell you about yourself. And here's the first way that we got to fight failure is we've got to dismiss the lies of failure. We've got to dismiss the lies of failure. That really starts with believing the truth. There's some of us in here that are shackled by the chains and lies of our past experience. We believe those lies. And Jesus gives us comforting words in John chapter 8 and verse 32. He says, and you will know the truth and the truth shall set you free. The only way you can dismiss the lies of failure is if you begin to receive the truth of God's word. And if we are going to fight and combat the darkness and the difficulty and the failure in our lives, the mistakes in our lives, we are going to push back, not in our own strength, not in our own power. We are going to have to push back through the power that is found in the word of God. That's good news. It's found in the word of God. This is something that Moses struggles with for his entire life. So the reality of this, it is difficult. But Christ has come for us to have liberty over the things that enchain us and shackle us. And we can move forward in life in his power and his strength if we choose to believe his truth over the lies of failure. Here's the second thing I want to show you. Not only do we have to dismiss the lies of failure and understand what failure isn't, we, we've got to recognize and take responsibility for the places that we have caused failure in our life. Now, there are moments in time where things happen that are out of our control, um, hence the experience we're living through right now, COVID-19. But if we really look at our lives, we can trace the failures and mistakes in our lives to three different categories. Failure happens when, one, we move too soon. Can I tell you, life is all about timing. That you can have the right gifts, the right uh, opportunities, all the right things, but if you do them in the wrong time, it will not work out. That you can have the right ability, the right talents, all the ingredients for things to go well. But if you do it in the wrong timing, 
you will mess it up. And some of the mistakes that have happened in our lives is not because God is not with us. It's not because God is not for us. It's because we try to microwave what we desire in our lives before God is willing to allow those things to happen in our lives. We try to move too soon. Proverbs 19 and 2 says it like this. At the tail end of that verse, it says, haste makes mistakes. When we try to rush into it, we will make mistakes that will cause us to stumble and fall and cause failure to happen in our lives. And if we would be patient enough to wait on God, to wait on his timing, we will see exactly what we desire in the timing and the place that we are able to handle what God wants to do in our lives. Psalms 105 and 19 says it like this, until the time came to fulfill his dreams, the Lord tested Joseph's character. What does that mean? Is that God is preparing you for the place he has already prepared for you. That God is putting the ingredients in place so that your character can match with your ability and talents for what he's trying to do in your life. But what we like to do, we are a microwave generation and the microwave has been our friend. We like to put it in, push the button, do, do, do. Bing, presto, it comes out. We like to plant the seed at 9 a.m. and expecting something to sprout by 5 p.m. And God's timing doesn't always work like that. And this is what Moses does. Yes, he was called to be a deliverer. Yes, from the time he was born, God had placed in him the things necessary for him to accomplish that task. But he moves too soon and causes things to be messed up and causes failure to enter in his life. The question I ask you, where are you trying to force things to happen where God is telling you to be patient? Where are you trying to move too soon where God is saying, wait on me? Here's the second thing that happens. It's not only does failure happen when we move too soon, but failure happens. Failure happens when we don't seek wise counsel. Failure happens when we don't seek out wise counsel. I saw something this week. Um, Ryan McDermott, our children's pastor, his son was in the office, and they were trying to help the students uh, blow up these inflatables. And um, there was a hole in one of them. And the dad, uh, Ryan, was like, son, you need to use this double-sided tape. And, of course, uh, a teenager, they know exactly what they're doing. They're the smartest people on the planet. And he said, no, dad, I got this. All right. I can do this, dad. And he begins to put scotch tape on it, and Ryan is like, son, listen to me. I'm telling you, you're going to need this. It's not going to work. He's like, look at it, Dad. It's working. Look, I, I know what I'm doing. I got this. You know, three minutes later comes by, and he comes back with that same inflatable that has now deflated and says, Dad, can I get a little bit of that uh, double-sided tape, please? You know, he never admitted he was wrong. He just, you know, came back to ask for the tape. But here's the reality is some mistakes happen in our lives because we refuse to ask for help. Every wife in here knows you've been lost for 30 minutes longer than you had to because your husband refused to ask for directions. I, I understand. But here, here's the reality that we miss it sometimes because we refuse to seek wise counsel. Not only do we move too soon, but we move without Seeking wise counsel. Here's what Proverbs 11 and 14 says. <clears throat> it says, in the abundance of advisors, there is safety. 
that there is safety in seeking wise counsel. It doesn't make you any less of a person to ask for help and ask for advice. And here's the dangerous thing. There is wisdom in being selective in who you share your stuff with, but anything you have to do in secret may not be the right thing for you to do. Moses looks around and makes sure no one else is watching before he operates in what he's trying to do. He moves without wise counsel that causes failure to enter into his life. And if we are going to fight against failure, we have to be willing to take responsibility for the places that we have caused failure to enter in our lives. Not because God wanted that to happen, but because we have moved too soon and we have moved without wise counsel. And here's the third one. Failure happens when we move without I love reading this text because it's a great reminder for me because it says Moses looks left, looks right, he looks forward, looks backwards, he looks all around, but he never looks up. And how many times do we fast forward ahead and know what we want to do, know where we're trying to go, and we're just zooming ahead and we never stop to think, God, is this your will for my life? God, is this where you are trying to take me? Is this where you want me to go? Is this where you are trying to lead me? I think Proverbs 16 and 9 really explains this well. It says, man plans in his heart, but it's the Lord who determines his steps. If we want to see success in our lives, Scripture says in another place, commit your ways to the Lord and he will establish your plans. Instead of going to the left and the right, instead of using your own wisdom, you need to rely on the safety and wisdom of God's counsel. If we seek first the kingdom of heaven, what does it say? All these things shall be added unto us. If we are willing to seek God in Advice and God's help, we will avoid some of the traps that failure sets for us. Here's the truth of the matter slow down. Slow down. If we are patient enough to take time to reflect, we will avoid the painful regret of failure. If you take a moment to just slow down and say, you know what, let me think this thing through. Let me meditate on this. Let me consider and weigh this and ultimately resist the urge to move too soon, resist the urge to move without wise counsel, and resist the urge to move without God. This is essential for us. Not only do we have to rebuke and uh, uh, dismiss the lies of failure, but we have to take ownership and accountability for the places that we have caused failure to happen in our lives. Part of knowing how to fight failure is knowing how we cause failure. But when we know the lies... And we can dismiss the lies and when we can acknowledge and take responsibility and make different decisions in the places where failure could have crept in, 
Here's the last thing I want you to encourage you to do because, yes, I, I know those are mostly preventative measures, but if you find yourself in a place of failure, if you find yourself in a place where you're trying to figure out how do I get out of here, what do I do next, here, here's what I need you to understand. Fighting failure or defeating failure happens when we realize three things. Here's the first thing. When we realize that failure isn't fatal. I know they would, I know we live in a cancel culture now. You know, you type one wrong thing and they will cancel you out. You don't exist no more. You lose your home, your job, your kids, everything. But can I tell you, failure does not have to be fatal. That your moment of indiscretion, your moment of failure, your moment when it did not go right does not have to be the last moment of your life. That it does not have to be fatal. And I, I love what Moses does. I, I know this isn't popular. I know it, it is and eloquent, but when Moses realized Pharaoh is trying to kill him, what does Moses do? He runs. And some of us need to let down our pride and say, you know what? I just got to live to fight another day. And there are some seasons in your life, all you need to do in that season is survive it. I know it's a terrible storm, but you just need to survive it so you can get to the place that God has called you to thrive. I, I, I know it's difficult and I know it's painful, but there are some things you've got to recognize. I just got to get through this. I know it's tough, but I've got to grit my teeth and plant my feet and say, I'm going to trust God and know that this moment of failure will not be fatal in my life. It will not kill my dreams. It will not destroy my destiny, that God has a plan and I'm going to survive this difficulty until he places me in a place of purpose and destiny. Some things you've just got to survive. You got to remember, failure isn't fatal. But here's the next thing. Failing is it failure? I know that's confusing. Let me break it down. Here it is, right? A lot of times what we consider failure is really God's direction. Many times what we take as rejection is really God's protection. And so Moses fails in this moment, but look what happens. He literally runs away and gets to a well and this deliverer Moses who failed this first time is presented with another opportunity to rise up and help somebody else. I, I, the, some of y'all need to hear this today. Is what God will do in your life is after a moment of failure present you an opportunity on a smaller scale to rebuild your confidence. And there are some of you right now ignoring opportunities because the stages are too small, because it, you're afraid of what's going to happen. But can I tell you, failing does not equal failure unless you quit on what God has called you to do. He gives Moses a, another opportunity, and Moses, in the midst of this difficulty, raises up and begins to help these women who were in trouble and set them free from these shepherds that were harassing them. And I'm telling you, your comeback, your bounce back is going to start with you saying, this opportunity may be small, but I know God does big things in small beginnings. This opportunity may not look like much, but God is rebuilding my confidence. Yes, I've been shattered. Yes, I've been broken. Yes. 
Yes, it went wrong, but here it is, another opportunity to see God work something out in my life, to see God usher in and activate purpose and potential and destiny in my life. If you will stay true to the path, failing will not equal failure in your life. But here's the third thing, and this is, I'm going to go home on this. This is the good news, y'all, is that failure isn't final. I, I love what God does for Moses here because for 40 years, Moses is stuck in a cycle where he is in the wilderness. For 40 years, Moses is down, depressed, uh, disgusted with the fact that what he tried didn't work out. For 40 years, it looked like his dream had diminished. It looked like his dream had been deflated and defeated. For 40 years, things were uh, on the outside. But then God comes to Moses and says, yeah, that dream you gave up on. Yeah, the thing you walked away from. I'm not finished with you yet. That failure was final that your story is not over I, I know you think your story has a bad ending but your story is turning around for my glory I'm gonna use you Moses this failure isn't final and this is the difference Moses last time you tried to do it in your own power last time you tried to do it in your own strength last time you tried to do it all by yourself but this time Moses I'm going before you and I'm making the way plain Moses I'm going with you this time and what stopped you before will not hinder you anymore. And I just need about five of you to understand that the same thing that you failed at, God is about to resurrect some dreams. The same thing that you thought was over, God is about to restore that thing. And this time, God's going to do it. Something good is going to come out of this. God is too strong. God is too real. God is too perfect. His wisdom is too great for this to end like this. And here's the good news that at the end of it what he says this is the promise is that when you come back Moses yes you're gonna go and it may be difficult it may be challenging but when you come back and you see that I kept my promise you're gonna give me glory you're gonna worship me right here and there's some of you in here that God is saying yeah you're going through a difficult time but when I bring that child home you're gonna worship me right here when I restore that marriage you're gonna worship me right here when I heal your body you're gonna worship me right here and I will get the glory God will get the glory the honor and the praise because he is worthy of it. This failure won't kill you. It won't destroy you. God has more in store for you. So get ready. Fight back. God has given you the tools to push back the darkness. To embrace his truth and dispel the lies and the darkness of the enemy. It will get better. His mercies are new each and every morning. And he's going to do something special and amazing in your life. I want to pray with you. God, thank you so much for this day. Thank you for your word that you have declared. Thank you for reminding us that you fight for us. You go before us. You are our strong tower. You are our shield. You are our way in the middle of the wilderness. You keep your promises. 
and God, what the enemy intended for evil, you are going to turn around for our good. What the enemy thought would destroy us will propel us to where you have purpose for us to be. God, help us to know that the lies of the enemy are defeated and broken under the power of Jesus' name. Help us to take responsibility for the places that we've fallen short and turn towards you. And ultimately, God, help us to know and realize that you are fighting for us. And this is not the end of our story. God, for the person who does not know you as Lord and Savior, I pray today would be that day that the darkness and the lies of the enemy are pushed back and they say, yes, I'm going to try Jesus. And if that's you, I want you to pray this simple prayer with me. Lord Jesus, save me. Change me. Make me into the person that you want me to be. And God, for every person in this room, every person who's watching online, every person at our South Augusta campus, we pray your favor and grace on their life. God, we push back the darkness of failure. We push back the darkness of shame, God. And we decree and declare what the enemy meant for evil, you're turning for our good. What was sent to destroy us will help us to grow into the people you've called us to be. God, we will see victory. We will see your name lifted up. We will see you do amazing things and you will get the glory you will get the honor in Jesus name we pray and everybody put your hands together and bless God amen amen and amen thanks for listening if you would like to help support the ministries of Stevens Creek Church please go to StevensCreekChurch.com and click the give button see you next time